Hey, Reese, Bips, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Hello and welcome back yet again to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Bibbins, on Twitter at Bibbs Corner for all things sports. Joined as always by Reese Williams at Minder Reese, Twitter, Instagram. Reese, how you feeling this week? I'm feeling good because basketball hasn't been on my mind. Uh, besides a few things, which aren't that serious. So it's like, yeah, I've been feeling good. Mavs ain't been on my mind. I ain't had to worry about seeing people stress out about the Mavs too much. So You, you must not be paying attention to the top. Yeah, not too much. My voice might sound a little rough because <clears throat> we just recorded talking about Thor <laughs> before this. For like an hour and a half. For, for longer than I plan to. I don't, I don't know how that happened. Whatever. It's all good. I'm going to get tighter on the, the review front. But until then, y'all gonna have to deal with these long meandering reviews. Um, <clears throat> getting back to the basketball side has been a pretty quiet week for the Mavs. The the biggest news on the free agent front, <laughs> and I hesitate to say biggest news because it's not big. Uh, okay, the Mavs. Allegedly have promised a two-way contract to Tyler Dorsey, uh, who apparently has been pretty decent over in Europe. Three-point specialist, a wing, play some defense. Um, <clears throat> my first thought was this is a guy from Oregon. Oregon has direct ties to Nike. This is Nico getting another Nike affiliate, whatever. Think back to JaVal McGee being a Laker player when Kid was an assistant. And they're looking out for their homies quite a bit here since they got to Dallas. Um, this includes, you know what? I can go down the line. But let's not do that, man. Let's that's, not. that's the trend I'm seeing. Like, we got a chance to shift the culture. Not you just did the, oh my goodness, I'm on the phone talking to my coach. <laughs> <laughs> um oh man that was funny i'm sorry that caught me up God. yeah that was a hoochie daddy short moment for sure um they're not gonna get that reference because i think i said it in the yeah this is gonna come out before the <laughs> whatever the um the trend of jason kidd nico harrison's tenure team seems to be looking out for their past guys. Unfortunately, none of these people are uh, all NBA type players. Um, But it is what it is, I guess. Right. Baby steps. So besides Tyler Dorsey being promised to a contract, the only other events that have occurred, Luca playing overseas in Europe, getting it done, (laughs) playing alongside Drogic who signed with the Chicago bulls, as we know um, for Slovenia trying to get get that 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 title for 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 Europe trying to defend the title if you will. Uh the other thing that has occurred is summer league has begun <laughs> and we got a long ass gap between games 1 and 2 in the summer league which is very confusing. Don't recall ever having 3 days off in the summer league. That's really weird to me. But in game 1 our boy 37th overall pick 
Jaden Hardy put a 28 piece on the Nets alongside South Carolina Gamecock alum AJ Lawson, who also put I had to get that in there, huh? Yes, I did. I did. I did. Also put 28 on their neck pieces in the loss because Marco Samanovic was large and in charge and getting put back dunks and, and dunks in general, both in the clutch of the regular uh, regulation and in overtime. It was just too big. We put together a small lineup again, and we got bullied by a established center who has played NBA minutes already. It's all good. With that said, I think most people like what they saw from Jaden Hardy. I'm going to ask you, Reese, did you watch any of that game? I didn't get to watch the game. I watched the highlights, which was only two minutes or something. That doesn't show me anything. Right. So I'm not going to say I like I like what I saw. He had a good game. You can talk about six turnovers. I didn't see him happen. I don't know how they occurred, whatever. Uh, I like what I saw in the little bit that I saw, but – I've been vouching for this guy for a while now. So, you know. Yeah, so let's talk about it. Jaden Hardy, total stat line, 28 points, four boards, three assists, one steal. He was nine for 19. By far took the – well, not by far. He and Lawson took by far the most shots between them. He took 19. Lawson took 16. Um, But he was nine for 19. He was two for seven from three. He was eight for 11 from the free throw line. That's the the big thing I want to talk about. One of the things that people uh, said was a weakness for him, and statistically this proved to be so, was finishing inside. But in this game, he was very, very aggressive off the bounce, get into the hole. And he has, when I watched, like, when I was breaking down his game, one of the things I noticed was his craftiness with the ball. It's kind of the same type of thing that Luca does where he's not necessarily John Morant trying to beat people off the dribble. He's uh, using change of direction, change of speed, using manipulation to get where he wants. And I feel like he does a good job of getting wherever he wants. But in this game in particular, I enjoyed that when he got inside, he wasn't shying away from the contact. He was going through the contact uh, to finish. And a lot of times it meant jumping bumping into the guy, seeing how that affects his body, and then putting the shot attempt up, uh, which is an underrated thing for a guy his age in particular, but something that that a lot of young guards in the NBA have to develop, real like adapting to getting abused inside, not necessarily waiting for the call, and try, still trying to get the bucket after you've been contacted. And that he did a lot of that in this game. Uh, which I appreciated. It was not wild. He was very under control when he got inside. The 11 free throws were appropriate. And he had a couple, I think, I want to say he had a couple and ones in that as well. Um, If he's doing that, and I don't know if he's going to get the whistles he got in this game and when he gets to the big leagues, but if he's playing like that, then I'm going to be pleased personally with, with what he's able to provide on a scoring front. Obviously, it's going to be different in the NBA. But yes, if he can still do that stuff, then uh, he did struggle late in the game. This is where a couple of the turnovers were. They were doubling him, 
and he was trying to do too much, and he turned the ball over a couple times. One of his weaknesses is trying to do too much. So Right. I think when we talked about it before, I said he had the opposite problem as Josh Green, where Josh Green doesn't do enough sometimes. He does too much sometimes. I think my idea for him was that we it wouldn't be as big a problem because we wouldn't put him in that position where he's having to make a bunch of decisions. But then Jason Kidd came out in interviews and said that he's starting Luca and Dinwiddie together, which means who the hell is the point guard off the bench unless it's Hardy? I mean, you can still you can stagger and be creative, yes. but then we're yes. talking about we're talking about playoff rotation type stuff. If we're doing that the entire year, this and then Spencer Dinwiddie ain't got to clean his bill of health, so I don't I don't like the position that puts just because Spencer is starting doesn't mean he's going to be. It's like I I don't know I don't have a huge issue with that because like I said, there's a way you can stagger minutes like, and it's That's, not like. There's many ways you can do it, but it makes it really weird in your rotations. Like, who was our point guard off the bench before we got Spencer and Jalen Brunson to start? That didn't happen. It happened. Jalen Brunson wasn't starting early in the season. I'm saying, like, at the point he started, like, he didn't, it wasn't like halfway through the season he was coming off. There the was bench. less than a month, I believe. He was Where on he the was bench there. for less than, yeah, at the point, who was it that was going? Was it KP or Luka that was gone? And they came back, and Brunson said, and they kept Brunson in the starting lineup. Was that was before we got Spencer Dinwiddie. But how long was it between then and when we got Spencer Dinwiddie? Probably like a month and a half, two months. And we were playing either Frank or Trey Burke in the backup point guard role. Not big minutes. Frank, I think, did it for like five seconds and then got hurt, and then Trey Burke did it, and then Frank came back, and we didn't go back to Frank. They wasn't getting big minutes. They weren't even in 10 minutes, I don't think. We're going to find out. Regardless, I don't want him in that position at all to have to be making decisions off the bench. Like, my thing that's is, a, that's, a, that's, that's, a, my, that's a bad play. That's my point. I don't think he's going to have to be in that position. I don't see how he's not going to be in that position for at least a couple stretches of the game. If it's five, 10 minutes, it's a problem for me. Five minutes is not a lot. That's Come enough in an NBA game. I guess I don't. I mean, I get it, but I don't see the big issue with it because I don't think there's a black or white thing that's like, oh, it's either this or that. I don't see it as that personally. But my idea would be to protect him in that regard. But if that's not what they going, what they're going to do, we'll see how it plays out. I personally, if they're starting Spencer and Luca, I would feel a lot better if we had a veteran guard off the bench too. Frank is not that. No matter how I, how much I like Frank, I, I think his best position is as a off-ball wing, 3 and D. Stop trying to dribble, motherfucker. You can't dribble. I agree. And he definitely ain't attacking no baskets. So I'm, I'm a little – I don't – that's another thing that's going to annoy me right now is thinking about our point guard depth. Um and having to trust Jaden Hardy as a point guard. A lot of people were clamoring for Lawson to get signed um, after the game. And 
I was too, but just because I'm a South Carolina, I was going to do that regardless of who he was playing for, if he had any type of solid performance. He definitely looked like the second best player. The fact that he started in the game means they saw something they like. They were running des- plays designed for him in this game, which again points that they like something in practice. They put it in the game and it worked. He took 16 shots, which was by far the the, the top two. I think he had 16 um Hardy had 19 and nobody else had 10 shot attempts if I'm not mistaken let me go through it next highest was eight so the next highest person had half as many shots as AD Lawson who was 10 for 16 six for 11 for three um he looked great man I I'd never seen him I ain't never ever see him act like this before uh mostly because we were running him as a point guard at South Carolina and he has found what his NBA role needs to be if he's going to make a roster. I don't think we're going to be the ones to sign him if we haven't already. If he comes out and has another good game on today, today being Monday, then uh, I do expect somebody to sign him. I don't think it's going to be us. I think we're going to fumble that bag. Um, He is the type of player we should want. And again, people clamoring to sign him was a uh, fuck Tyler Dorsey sign this guy who's five years younger and doing the things that y'all telling me that Tyler Dorsey going to do. He not out here grinding in the mud with us to get that spot. Like, why, do, why does he get to have that spot? I can't be mad at that. Again, Tyler Dorsey has not signed anything. And both of our two-way spots are open. So... That is what it is. Um, I don't care really about no two way dudes, especially if they're not going to play for the Mavericks. I care about two way dudes during the season, but motherfuckers in the summer, like, oh man, let's sign them as a, let's worry about working out the motherfuckers that's going to play first. Then I'll give a damn about the two way guys. But especially if it's a down out summer league team and he might not even sign to us, man. Nah, I ain't going to do it. Um, Again, the Mavs play the Jazz Summer League team tonight, and I'm doing that in air quotes because we're recording this on Sunday. And um, <clears throat> we'll we'll see if how Hardy looks in Game Two. He's going to be playing a more experienced point guard in. Uh, is it Butler? Jared Butler? Is that his name? Yeah, from Baylor. Okay. Yes, he's a guy who's been trying to prove it so far in Summer League. There's a lot of eyes on him uh, as the Jazz try to figure out what their next move is. And if they trade Mike Conley, he's probably going to have a little bit bigger of a role for the Jazz. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. The uh, other guys that, that were mentioned, I just want to get this off real quick. The other guys that were mentioned as guys to watch out for. Moses Wright was ass early on he settled down later in the game he had a couple big blocks one of them didn't count and should have um Mie Oni is a guy I was keeping an eye out for he didn't really do a lot in his first game and the other one was what the hell is he Gorham yeah Gorham he looked like a high IQ guy. I don't see how he fits, really, if you're looking at guys that are actually going to play. Um, and then people were very impressed with Payola 
I don't know how you pronounce it, Pajola, whatever his name is, the point guard off the bench. He had eight assists, three steals. He looked like a, a floor general. He's going to kill it down in Texas with the legends um, as, a, as a point guard down there. That's, that's as much as I'm going to say about that. The last thing I want to say about Summer League, I think it was Greg St. John or St. Jean. They were pronouncing it all kinds of ways at the Summer League. One of our top assistants right now, he was the coach of the first game. He put out a whole statement yesterday about giving the reins to the Texas Legends coach and Jared Dudley the rest of the way that made it sound like he knew he shouldn't have been coaching the Summer League. Like he was blocking them from getting the opportunity to coach. And I thought it was hilarious, personally. I had a conversation with Coach Kidd, and we we thought it was best uh, to give, you know, our Texas Legends coach the opportunity and Jared Dudley to be uh, a guy to, to get some of my reps as a head coach. It's like, yeah, you, 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 he was intense on that sideline, too. My boy trying to get a job is what I'm saying. And uh, he, I think he forced his way into coaching that game. Do you have anything additional that you would like to see or address with regards to the summer league team? I ain't trying to see inside your lips, my boy. Like, <laughs> okay. Hell nah. Okay. Are you gonna watch the next game? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Monday, right? Yeah. It's, well, I, I wrote down the central time times without thinking about it. It's 10 p.m. tomorrow night. Yeah. All right. Definitely check it out. I see what you like about with, with Hardy. That's the main thing I think anybody cares about. Um, losing that game, there's 13 teams that haven't lost. <laughs> so the chances of, of us coming home with some rings diminished a lot. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. rings. Come on, we're not doing that. <laughs> the rings are fire. Like the rings, we're not the doing rings this. Fire. Like I would, this. they're giving out conference finals trophies and MVPs. Now they're giving out summer league rings. Come on, man. Haters gonna hate. Moving on. Uh, the other thing that we wanted to do here today, uh, Reese Reese had the idea of calling y'all motherfuckers out. That's basically what it is. That's 100% what I'm looking at it as. A lot of complaining about the offseason and whatnot. So the idea was to have y'all tell us what you would have done differently. If if you if you aren't pleased, if you're not satisfied, if you don't think we did enough, tell us what you would have done differently. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. You can bet on the upcoming Orioles game. Who's going to get five hits? Who's going to get three strikeouts? Whatever excites you the most. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. 
You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So let's see what y'all sent us. I have not looked at these yet. So I'm going I'm to I'm go through them. And I think Reese and I already looked at these. Go ahead. One thing. Chris Haynes has reported former lottery pick Dennis. I wasn't going to touch it on it. I just <laughs> to go ahead. Do your thing. Go do it. Former lottery pick Dennis Smith Jr. Will be holding a private workout in Las Vegas on Monday in front of approximately 10 NBA teams. Now, that's one third of teams in the league. If the Mavericks is one of them, we never going to hit it into this. I'm going to tell y'all right now. Don't come in my mentions with this. Keep that boy away from this team. Don't come in my mentions. Keep him away from this team. Did I Hold up. I just said I wanted us to get a vet. He's not a vet. He's not a vet. You're right, but Swank not a vet. He's not a vet. Somebody going at the same time. Somebody going to twist that. Somebody, if I didn't, we didn't address this right now. Somebody would have twisted that and said you would want a point guard with some more experience. No, fuck. Dennis, what experience he got? Been on the bench. Dennis been unemployed. It is still out somewhere else. We we. I want that, him. I want Dennis Smith. Why am I holding my chain like a rapper? I, I want. Like, what are you, what are <laughs> I want Dennis Smith Jr. to prosper, just not with the Mavericks. Yeah, we got to let that go, man. Um, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, no, you're right. Let let I need y'all to let that. I'm mad that you brought it up because people got excited for like five seconds before we immediately sh- shut it down. But I'm 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 not like, I, again whole day to be excited about it before they heard I shut it down. So you're right. The uh, what was I going to say? Shit. When he signed with the Blazers last year, I was very happy for him. I, like you said, I want him to be successful. I want him to, to and successful means just staying in the league, being a rotational player, right? At this point, I want that for him. I can't have him in Dallas. I can't do it because y'all already y'all do too much. Y'all do too much. I need him to figure his shit out somewhere else. If he wants to come back after he figures his shit out. By all means, but I can't have him. I can't. I don't need. We don't need more experiments. I need guys that do proven things. The next, that if we're gonna fill our last roster spot, our last two way spot needs to be with guys that do things on a consistent basis, so we can actually use them versus trying to figure some shit out. Let's get to these 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 things here. I said I was trying to keep this tight. <clears throat> like you know what? Nope, not doing that. Yeah, don't. <laughs> First one comes from Abdullah Al Khanim. And if I didn't pronounce that correctly, I apologize. I did my best. I said my realistic plan would have been Mark selling the team to Optimus Bibbs. I saw this one. F. That's and we're not even grading, but that's an F. Awful I, I ain't even gonna lie, you had me in the first half. I had me in the first half. But then you said Optimus Bibbs. Fuck Optimus Bibbs. Let me make sure I make this clear. Fuck Optimus Bibbs and anybody who love him. 
Let's move forward. Jose Monteleon. Glad you uh beat the COVID, the Rona. Didn't know you had COVID, brother. Yeah, it sounded it was getting scary on the timeline. Not even gonna lie. I was worried for a little while. All right, glad you made it. I, wait. I'm glad you like <laughs> Take your time, brother. <sighs> I'm glad you recovered from COVID. <laughs> That's oh. I'm sorry, continue. COVID is out here in these streets. I don't think people realize it. COVID is back. I've I know several people. I've seen several on the timeline that have had COVID recently or have family members get COVID recently. I have people in my real life that have gotten COVID recently. I'm still masked up out this bitch. I don't care. Um, protect yourselves and your families. This shit ain't gone. Uh. Jose, I know you door to door, my boy. I'm pretty sure that's probably how it went down. I travel for work. I'm about to have to get on a plane here in a couple weeks. Not even going? a couple in one week. Shit. Shit, my my lady just just got COVID. Found out she found out yesterday that she got it. It's in, it's, it's it's not it's it's out here in these streets, man. It's back. Yeah, like, she I was having symptoms. She was having symptoms, and she was like, "Oh, I'm starting to feel better." I said, "Nah, still get that test." Because yeah. I was feeling bad for a day, and I started feeling better. And turns out my ass had it. Yeah, I've, I, you, I've, I almost forgot you had it at some point. The uh, <laughs> it's probably been never went away, really. But people stopped testing like they were, and the fact that people are testing positive for it means that it's the symptoms are strong enough that your people are having to test for it. Right. Other people have just had colds or whatever, and it was whatever. Well, I think now people are more so nervous where they like get a cold or they get sick and they like it might just be a regular cold, but just to be safe, I'm gonna. Why are we talking about COVID? Let's get to this because I'm about to get on a plane in a week and I'm a little concerned. Where to, guys? Where to? Florida? Disney? Going to Florida? Yeah. Oh, that's. That's round zero, brother. You you finished. I'm going for a uh, healthcare conference, ironically. Uh, no, that's very ironic. I have to give a long-ass presentation. Wear a hazmat suit. It's like a mask. Hey, look, my time running. Hey, we got to. We got to. I'm on it. I got yeah, it. We got it. Yeah, so I'll be down there for a couple of days. I might be hopping on another plane the next week to an undisclosed location. Uh, I might actually. Hey, James Bond. <laughs> I mean, I, if I was James Bond, I wouldn't even have said I was doing that. So. You're right. Um, but we'll see how that go. But yeah, Jose said he would turn Brunson into a sign and trade for Reddish. He would trade Powell, Maxi, and THJ for Conley, Bojan, and a first. So the first thing I want to address is the Brunson piece. Again, this is not our option, has not ever been our option. Personally, I've been annoyed by all the talk on the timeline. I feel like the, the Knicks have gone out of their way to make it not be a sign and trade because of how much y'all talking about doing a sign and trade. What makes y'all think the Knicks will be like, hey, we got cap space to sign Brunson outright, but just because we fuck with y'all, right, we're going to send y'all a player. And it, no, it don't work like that. I think they went the opposite way. I, I really, I genuinely believe all the rumors about a sign and trade are why they made it to where they don't have to do a sign and trade. It's like, Fuck y'all trying to tell us that we need to give them something. Fuck, fuck Dallas. Like, 
we just gonna make it so we can sign this dude and, and not give them anything. Like it doesn't benefit us to do it that way. So why would we? So uh and that's not that's not for Jose, that's for all of y'all that have been signing trade all day, all over the timeline. We have absolutely no control over that. That would be them being nice. And why the fuck would they do that? No reason. Especially if we're trying to get them off tampering charges and shit. Like, why why would they try to help us? Um, the second piece. Come on, man. Pal Maxi THJ for Conley Boyan and one of the 21st that the Jazz now have. Come on, man. Cut it out. Are you saying if that was on the table, would you take it? Like, if the Jazz offered that to us, would you take it? And And you know what? At first, I was like, oh, maybe he think the Jazz are rebuilding, which they've clearly said they're not. But even if they were, why would they trade a draft pick, a first-round pick for Powell Max? Nothing about that trade makes sense for the Jazz. <laughs> okay. It actually is Jose, so he probably trolling. <laughs> that That is what I wanted to make sure of. Like the play, If we could get Bojan and Conley, that fills the needs that, that I want to address, right. sort of. We saw Boyan try to clamp up. Like they had him like he was fucking the man trying to guard Luca. This is the man who says Tony Park is like a top five point guard. Like Conley would be my veteran point guard that I want. For that much money? Crazy as hell. But for the with the with the first, that's kinda now we're taking it too far. Money wouldn't even work on that trade. I assumed it would. Money would not work. We we're sending them forty mil. How much is Conley making? We sending them 40 mil? THJ is like 20. Maxi and Powell are like 19. 20, 10 together. Yeah. Oyan is going to make 18, 19. Maybe it does work. It's I think it's, it was close enough for me not to. I think that Carly makes like 20 something million. So yeah. But I don't know why they'd be giving us a first in that scenario. Yeah, they wouldn't. THJ is a long term contract. So it's not like we're taking on Conley on a long term contract. And that's why we they would give us a first. But so. Um, yeah, well, I, neither of those are options for the Dallas Mavericks. Let's move forward. God damn. All right, well, I thought we was going to get up out of here quickly. We not. Uh, I'm still watching it. We doing it. Jethro said, well, the plan for me would be like almost the same with some twists, I guess. I would trade a first for Wood and two seconds for Hardy. So yeah, I guess he was cool with those two things that occurred. Um, I would have talked to Gary Harris in assigning considerable contract with the team, promoting a winning environment, and playing with Luca to redeem value. The only part of that that doesn't work is he signed for I think 13 mil a year, and we could not do that. We could offer him less than half of that, and nobody's gonna sign for less than half of what they can, regardless of what we are pitching him on. If he wants to get to a winning environment, he can do that after he has the $13 million secured. Facts. Which nobody else really could give him either. There was maybe two teams that could have given him that. Or would be willing to give him. Right. You got to combine all those different factors. Um, him re-signing, even Mo Bamba re-signing, if he wasn't yeah. getting that deal from anybody else, makes sense for, for them and for the team. Uh, because now they have assets on tradable contracts that they can compile into something later, which I expect they'll be making some deals before the deadline. I'll be shocked if they don't trade a, a lot of these dudes um, before the deadline, because they have a lot of redundancies at the guard and at the bigs situation. 
um, let's move forward on that. The next piece, let's see. Da, 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 da. I know it might be hard, but we will be actively looking for trades for Powell because he is expiring, attaching Josh Green, a young talent, as he said. <laughs> he, or maybe a trade for Bertans for another ball handler. Nobody taking that boy. Because if Luca and Dinwiddie will start and Frank playing at wing at times, our Mavs would need another ball handler because if they don't find one, that will put pressure on Hardy and Frank. I agree. I don't know what the package looks like. I don't think Powell and Green is getting us anything except for the expiring piece of for Powell. Go ahead. Here's my thing. I want actual plans. I don't want like, hey, let's trade this dude, trade this dude. I want what are you going to do? We didn't come up here and be like, all right, so this offseason, I'm going to trade the white pile. Where you trading? I don't know. We just want to trade them. Whoever will take them. Nah, I need something. Like You got to give us names. You can't just say, yeah, we're going to package the white and Josh Green together. Uh, we're going to try to trade Ertons for a ball handler. We ain't trading that boy. Nowhere. Nobody's taking that. Uh, trade this. I like the idea, the concept. But you got to actually give us like the Gary Harris thing. That was the type of thing I'm looking for. Yeah, you did give me a pitch as to how you would try to sell it. I personally, if you were pitching that to me on a play GM episode, I would shoot it down. Right. Um, And the other pieces you got to give me, who are we trading them for? You can't just say ball handler. You got to give me a name. Yeah. So I can say whether or not that's realistic. Um, Yeah, let's keep it moving. Shout out to Jethro. Thank you for sending that. Yeah, shout out. Uh, Ryan Bridgeford. I would like, I would have liked to use our tax MLE on a more versatile wing that could be more useful in the playoffs rather than Javel. You got to give me some names. Also, it would have been nice to snag Dragic or another solid ball handler to bring off the bench. The Dragic thing is going to piss, it, it's not pissing me off because it's Dragic, it's pissing me off because that signing a, ball, a veteran, veteran minimum veteran ball handler would make me feel a lot better about the Dinwiddie starting thing. Um, I know y'all are mad about Drogic specifically, but just the idea that we haven't done that at all and we probably aren't going to is what annoys me on that front. But again, Drogic is not an option, so you got to give me some names. Lastly, I trade Dwight Powell for a bag of chips, preferably Cool Ranch Doritos, but I settle for some Lay's. I would take I would trade it for some classic Doritos personally. What the nacho cheese? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like to eat those with my sandwiches as a compliment. Maybe some gummy bears and some tropical Skittles. Tropical Skittles, okay. Purple? Blue bag. Blue bag. Blue bag, okay. I mess with it. Um, let me see. All right. I'm not mad about the Javal signing. He's definitely going to help us. I just think three years is absurd, and he will most likely be a non-factor in the postseason. You kind of echo what I said in the past, what I said in the last episode as far as the Javal. Um, I do expect him to be used like a Zubak as far as his time in the rotation, like if it makes sense for him to be out there in a too big situation, he'll play more. If it doesn't, then he'll play like 10, 15 minutes. Um, <clears throat> the one thing I'll say is that one thing that made me 
dial it back and kind of put it more in in a broader sense instead of looking at it in the vacuum that it's in is that he's making half what Dwight Powell's been making. Okay. To be a worse basketball player. Yeah. So I'm going to shut up on that part. Looking at what we had to work with, what we got versus what we had. It's instead of looking at the fact that I wanted that piece of money to be used on something else. I'm just going to look at it as we got a player to replace Dwight Powell for half the money. So I have to accept it when I look at it that way. Again, as far as the other things I want on the team, they may think that we already have those things. They may think we have additional ball handlers at home. They may think we have enough wing defenders at home. The fact that they're signing Dorsey as a two-way might be them saying this is the add background depth in that area. And he's not a child. So they're getting a 26-year-old on a two-way as an emergency reserve. I can see a little bit of division. It's not my vision, but I can see their vision. I'll judge them on their vision if it doesn't work later. I won't be setting the town on fire right now. Any additional thoughts on your side? No, not really. I mean, as far I mean, as far as like his 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 scenario. I mean, or comments. It's cool. I still would like more concrete stuff. The white power shit was funny, but <laughs> well, I let that slide. But more concrete stuff I would like from people. Okay. Uh, shout out to Ryan Bridgeford. Next one comes from WCF Trill. Sign Dragic is what he would have done. That's it. I, that's the first piece. Oh, <laughs> I can I can get on board with that. That seems to be everybody's thing. So. I don't see why he would have said no if we offered it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like we did. No, I don't think we did at all. Um, put Josh Green in the summer league. That's a tricky one. I think, and SJ said this actually, SJ Basketball 8, one of the homies. SJ said this. This is a thought that I had. I just didn't know. It's not something I wanted to tweet because I don't like talking to people about Josh Green on the Twitter. Me either. Um, Josh Green is one of those players who is what he is right now. Like, no matter if he's in an NBA game or in a pickup game uh, 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 at the local rec, what he does is what he's going to do. If that makes sense, yeah. Putting him in a summer league game is not going to show you anything. It's new. Not going to change anything, right? He's going to be, and then you're going to judge him for not doing more. You think he's, he's going to develop playing against? Let's be honest, bums. Like, okay, he goes out there, plays against bums, does great, and now you have these unrealistic high expectations for him coming into the season. That when he doesn't meet them. Y'all are on his ass again. He goes out in summer league and doesn't play great because let's be honest, if in, in summer league, the dudes who is ISO and dribbling and shot creators is the guys that's really getting the shine. Yeah. Josh Green is not that. So if no. he goes out in summer league and doesn't put up great scoring numbers or something, y'all gonna be like, oh, see, we was right about this dude. Shut the fuck up, man. Exactly. There's no benefit in my eyes. To him playing the summer league games because it's not the type of basketball that he's going to thrive in. He's going to thrive in SJ worded as well. I wish I had to tweet actually. 
he's gonna he's the type of guy that's gonna benefit from being around like a fifth piece in a good thing that's already developed. Like a te- a good team, you throw this player on the court. I think she compared him to Andre Iguodala. You put Andre Iguodala on a team with a bunch of good players and his glue guy activity, his, you know, getting into passing lanes, his ability to make a, that additional pass that maybe guys didn't see, his ability to crash the boards and get an offensive rebound. Those things take a team that's on 90 to 100. But if you put him on a team that's on 20, that team, he's not, he's going to look like ass because he needs to be able to do more than he's able to do to raise that team's level. If he's just filling in the gaps on a good team, he's going to look good. But if he's asked to be the best player on the court, it's going to look like ass. And that's what playing him in summer league will look like. And I kind of paraphrase, kind of expand it out upon what SJ said, but it's the same idea, the same concept that he is a, a piece to a whole. He's not, He's not a guy you want to see playing one on one. He's a guy, he's a team basketball player. He's a he's not a hooper. He's a basketball exactly. player. Um, and I don't know if he loves the game like some of these dudes do. He didn't. It wasn't his first sport. He ended up with basketball. It's the one that's going to get him the most money. At the end of the day, he's probably made more playing basketball than he would have if he had stayed in Australian rules football already. I- yeah, like for his entire career playing Australian rules football, he wouldn't have made what eight million dollars, I think, was his contract, something like that. Um, he wouldn't have made that money doing that. Oh, no. So that is what it is. Next thing. Look to trade Pal THJ in a second for a wing. You gotta give me names, baby. Next, hire any star player's dad as an <laughs> As an assistant coach, teach Cuban's son the ropes of becoming a sports agent to represent multiple NBA stars. That's funny. How old is Cuban's son? I don't, I don't know anything about his children. Nothing about his children. How old is Nico's son? Does Nico have a son? Does Nico have uh, a daughter? Yeah, I ain't, I ain't got nothing. All right, that's funny. That, I'm, I'm, that's funny. I'll, I'll laugh at that. It saved you from not giving us fucking names. Shout out to WCF True. All right, last one, Mr. Cheesecake, longtime friend of the show. You've been around since before it was a show. Um, caught up with me today, actually. Um, I remember the the late night chats on the uh, what was it before Green Room was Green Room, locker room, locker room, the locker room at getting into all kinds of stuff. Um, he sent over one. Late night chats, getting into all kinds of stuff. That's pretty. Like we was on the locker room, and before you knew it, we was up to like five in the morning just talking about life and shit. Like it was. It, it was I appreciate how you just skated over how I tried to how I tried to spin that. That's... I, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um, shout out to the homie. Uh, if you need some confections for your business, for whatever, some some catering, whatever, hit him up. Uh, his account is at. God's Ace 05. Uh, he'll get you right. Uh his his website looked delicious. I almost licked the screen when I went to the website. This is this is free advertising I'm doing right now. Shout out to the homie. Anyway, he sent some stuff over. He said, What's good, my guys? What do you think about trading pal in a second to the Clippers for Reggie Jackson? 
let me say this. Would that help us? Yes. Do I think the Clippers do that? No. Yeah, I would. I would love Reggie Jackson on on the team. Uh, Reggie splashing, if you will, going back to his. Come on, yeah. <laughs> he was killing us in the playoffs. Come on, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know why the Clippers would accept that. Yeah. Think they, they if they're trading Reggie Jackson, they could probably do a lot better. Um, let's see. He says they could use another big, and with Wall there, plus the ascension of Terrence Mann. Still having Norman Powell and Luke Kennard, he seems disposable. Money matches both expiring. So the expiring would have been a potential benefit, but if Reggie Jackson is also expiring, that right. benefit goes away. Um, could slide right into that starting lineup, move Danny Whitty back to the bench. Wishful thinking. I, I do. I mean, you said you told on yourself there. It's definitely wishful thinking. Uh, I think they can do better. Powell is our trash. I don't think it's a secret. He couldn't play in the playoffs when when we needed somebody to be able to do center type activities. He could not stay on the court. Um, teams know that. He might be okay off the bench in a small role, but I think the Clippers are stacked. And I think they like being stacked. Uh team with the injury history that they have is going to look to rest guys a lot. And when you're resting guys and you have other guys that could be starters on your bench, your team is going to be, have a nice season. <laughs> your team is going to be a top three, four seed in the West uh, this coming season. So again, I would love to figure out a way to get Reggie Jackson. I just don't see a path. Any other thoughts? That was the last one, by the way. Um, first of all, I appreciate him actually giving us names. <laughs> um, we didn't get a lot of that. Um, maybe we should like you said, uh, should we have been more specific? No, it's common sense. I feel like we shouldn't have to be goddamn specific. Of course we want. You right. Yeah. Like, come on, man. But, uh, um, like I even said, make sure the trades are fair. I'm going to know if the trade fair if you ain't giving names. Right. You well, did. But I appreciate y'all for participating regardless. But um, like you said, I think the Clippers like the idea of being stacked. Uh, they got guys like Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson. Now they got John Wall. Like if injuries happen, they have the ability to plug guys in that they know can play, not end of the bench guys, not two-way guys. Plus Reggie Jackson has been good for them. He's built the chemistry, I believe, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Marcus Morris and these guys and Terrence Mann. Um, they would have no use for the white power, quite frankly. Right. Uh, especially for a guy who's really not going to be able to play much in the playoffs. He's not going to start for them. He's not going to play any big minutes for them. So they basically be giving up an important rotational piece for nothing. That's that will make any that will make no sense. It will make all the sense in the world for us. It will make no sense for them. I agree. I agree. Um, that's really it, man. I think this was an easy episode. Yeah. Uh, I don't see any. Well, we got three. No, two, three, three summer league games this week. So we might have a better sense of what Hardy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next time we record, that'll probably be the. That's the only thing I can think of. But unless we do a trade or something. That's the that's the only thing I can guarantee we're gonna to have to talk about. We'll try to Don't get more creative. Episode, people. 
Say what? It's going to be a short episode, people. Yeah, we're going to try to get a little creative. Uh, I leave on Monday, so we should be able to still record on Sunday and get it out. Don't worry about that. Um, I'll be back on Wednesday. And then I have like 10 days in a row off, and I don't know what I'm going to do, where I'm going to be, who I'm, what I'm, you know what? The, uh, the episode, not the next episode, but the episode after that, up in the air on when we're gonna have to record and or put it out. Uh, but I'll I'll let y'all know one way or another. Especially Reese, you'll definitely know first <laughs> as far as like what I might need to do as far as recording and all that good stuff. But um, no, nah, I'm not gonna say it because I don't deliver sometimes when I start promising stuff ahead of time. Yeah, don't don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So as I mentioned, I promise Ghost Series or some shit. Don't do it. <laughs> as I mentioned previously, uh, Reese and I recorded the Thor: Love and Thunder review prior to this. I'll probably put the non-spoiler part right after this break in the show. Uh, after the, I might should I do the outro music first? We'll, we'll see what happens. Might get a little bonus content off the back end of this. But uh, Reese has the dip, <clears throat> get skedaddle, get in them streets, if you will. Uh, so uh, let's wrap this up. Any any parting thoughts you need to get off your chest? Um, don't overreact to summer league positively and negatively. Don't overreact to summer league. Don't uh, y'all know I've been I've been pushing for Jaden Hardy. I did it on the pod. I put the clip out where I did it on the podcast with Ashley and Dwight. I'm glad that he had a great first game, even if he continues to do that for the rest of these games. Don't overreact to Summer League. Kevin Knox was Summer League MVP. Kevin Knox having a great Summer League almost made me feel like I had blew it by saying he was the 65th player in the draft class. His entire NBA... That still might be too far, honestly. I mean... (laughs) I've he's been still on the NBA team. I mean, he he's on he's certainly sitting first front row at NBA games. That's that's certainly happening. Um, I ain't trying to pull against a young man. Good luck in Detroit to Kevin Knox. But uh, we're gonna let Reese get in these streets. I got a couple things I need to do myself. Uh, we'll try to get some creative stuff for y'all this summer. I promise. I promise. It's just a weird time right now. It's just a weird time right now. But until next time. Peace. Peace. And I'm a little slow on the buttons. This is terrible. Welcome back yet again to another edition of the Bibbs Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bibbins, on Twitter at Bibbs Corner or at Bibbs Film for the movie stuff, which is what this is, sort of. You could also be potentially listening to this on the Mavs Outsiders Podcast because, you know, cross-branding and cross-platform sharing, that's the wave of the future. Um, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, we're here today to talk about the latest Marvel entry, Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm, I'm going to admit, 
I wasn't necessarily the most hyped for this, but I went and saw it yesterday, and I'm joined by the person who might as well be my fucking co-host at this point. <laughs> Mine <and> Reese. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be your co-host because then it's like, I, I like the idea of Bibb's Corner. I just, I like not a co-host, but a consistent special guest. I can't think of what, there's a term for it, but I can't think of what the term is. I can't think of, I, that's why I was like, I was trying to think of I'm going to just say friend of the show. Friend of the show. I'm like Steve Urkel. You know what? No, because Steve Urkel was the show. That's different. I'm about to say he eventually became. <laughs> he was the show. That's um, right. We'll come up with something, but. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. We'll, Reoccurring guests. Yeah, re- re- recurring guests. Uh, Maurice Williams. Um, to talk about Thor Love and Thunder. And I can't. Did we do the last Marvel movie together? Doctor Strange, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. And did no, no, no. Did we do did that we, on your podcast, or did we? No, we did, didn't we? Did we do Black Widow? Now I got to pull it up because now we didn't do Black Widow. Did we? I don't know. <laughs> we might have done it on the. Uh, have you seen? Uh, let's see. We got Doctor Strange. That was you. But my question is, did we? We the did Doctor Strange on this podcast. Say what? We did Doctor Strange on this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, so we're here to talk about Thor, Love and Thunder And um, <clears throat> just off the top Just the non-spoiler portion I was not excited about this movie at all um, Ever since it was announced It was like my least anti- Least anticipated probably um, I don't know why I I, I, th- I think I, I was way over the Jane Foster stuff um, Thor started to get boring in a sense and I did enjoy Ragnarok but not as much as other people seem to have like a lot of people had it in their top 10 for a while or maybe still do I don't um Taika Waititi he did a lot of good things with the humor I thought but there were some like deep serious moments that he didn't capture well for me in that movie uh like a lot of bad shit happened and it, you don't feel the weight of it. <laughs> it was a traumatic character. Right? Yeah, like a lot. And they even talk about it in this movie, like all the shit that he's been through. You don't. I didn't even think about it because you know it's just happening over time. But he's lost a lot. Yeah. Everything. Everything. <laughs> um, and they just and again in this movie they walk through all the things he's lost in like a narrated, humorous type clip. Like Korg is reading it. He lost his mother. He lost his father. He lost his brother. He lost his brother again. He lost his brother again. He lost his planet. He lost his girl. Like, goddamn. I love Korg. Korg is hilarious. Um, and we now nah, we'll, we'll get into that as well. <laughs> Man, look, I don't know how much you like this film, but I know for a fact the spoilers. Is I'm letting people know. I don't know about Bibb's part, but on my end, the spoilers will be filled with all the shit that I laughed at. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about the movie and like you know, from a critic standpoint, I don't consider myself a critic, but you know, because I don't like the way. Never mind, that's a. <laughs> but hey, I applied to be a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic, and they said go put some more work in, my boy. So it is what it is. <laughs> Um, 
what was I gonna say? Yeah, I on the non-spoiler side, the main thing, my main overarching feeling, thought, idea is he does a Taika does a great job with the humor, but his and this is becoming a trend with him. His movies, the tone is wrong a lot. A lot. Like there's a lot of dark stuff in this movie. And he did a better job than he did in Ragnarok, I'll say that. But there's still some, like, it doesn't hit like it should, or it feels like you're glossing over how fucked up this is uh, with the the amount of humor surrounding everything. Um, And as a whole, like, I don't know what my main takeaway from this movie is as as a Marvel fan, which is a phase four problem, actually. I think you and I have been on the same page as far as phase four being disappointing so far. Uh, I was not excited for this. I mentioned it after Doctor Strange. I was like, all right, at this point, I'm not excited for any phase four films. The TV shows, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the movies, not so much. I'm going to go see them, obviously, but I wasn't like, oh, man, I can't wait to see Thor Love and Thunder. That wasn't me. Um, I did have fun with this movie. I like this movie a lot. It was good. Uh, wasn't great. I think it also helped that I had no expectations. I had no expectations. I was just like, I'm, I might like it. I'm probably gonna like it just based off of Ragnarok. Right. It's been a follow up. So, um, I think the opposite as far as saying Thor has got boring. I think he was boring originally, like in his own movies. But when he was with the Avengers, he was like. He was interesting. Right. Funny side came out more. And then Taika Waititi said, okay, let's take that. Let's turn it up by like 50 in Ragnarok. And it ended up working. Right. A lot of people look back. I think I did have Ragnarok in my top 10 when me, Jerron, and Derek did our MCU rankings. I think you did. Yeah. But when that movie came out, it was polarizing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's looked back now like, oh man, one of the best MCU films. But when it first came out, some people was like, this ain't the Thor that I want. Some people was like, this movie's fantastic. Um, I think either side is fair. But I think I didn't expect them to go away from that because that's the only reason Thor is the only original Avenger with a fourth film in the first place. Mm. Um, if that movie failed, that was it. Like, Because the first two were... This movie dead. or Ragnarok? Ragnarok. Okay. Yeah. Ragnarok. Um, and it looks like he's getting... A whole other trilogy at this point, possibly, or like this being the first entry, or like he's getting more movies. Like this isn't this isn't the end. That kind of touches on something I kind of wanted to say. Okay, well we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I, I understand what you're saying as far as like did I say boring. I gotta ask you that while you doing. Did I say boring or did I say I've gotten bored with them? I think you said boring. Okay, my, my what I mean by that is that I'm tired of looking at the same. Like I, the idea of moving away from the originals is it like this made it hit home for me a little bit more. Okay. Okay. Speaking of which, we we gotta speak on our young Avengers theory eventually because boy, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they they keep yeah, yeah, adding, yeah, <laughs> they yeah, keep yeah. adding people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, touch on that. That's that, that got to be a spoiler territory. That's a spoiler territory for sure. But um, 
I kind of expected him to keep the same formula as far as the comedy, especially off the trailers. And I think now I think I can enjoy it more because I look at this as especially this like a romantic comedy with elements of serious drama and a serious story, not a serious MCU movie with comedy elements. Right. Like, this is a full on comedy, but you're getting some darker tones and serious tones in there. Yeah. And sometimes they kind of ruined the moment with certain jokes. Like sometimes jokes didn't hit or they felt out of place. Sometimes the serious moments felt out of place because they came right after uh, a gag. Um, Same thing with Ragnarok at times. I think this made more so than Ragnarok. Did it it worse than Ragnarok, you said? Yeah. Okay. I think this movie did it worse than Ragnarok. But it didn't take me out of the film. Like I, I still got what I wanted. I still enjoyed Gore as a villain. I wish we got more. Yeah, I, I, I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we got more of him. I uh, wish we touched on, you know, his. Uh, we know his motivation, but him as a character more. Exactly. Like there, was, there was a certain scene where I was like, okay, this dude is creepy as fuck, but he is spitting facts right now, like. I'm pretty sure you know the scene I'm talking about. It's only yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. one of only two scenes where he really gets to speak. The talk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so actually, both scenes. So right. Um, nonetheless, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I walked away satisfied. I wasn't disappointed like I was with the last movie. Um, but I I will say overall, I enjoyed it more than uh, Doctor Strange. Like, there's not. I can't point to something in this movie and say this was bad. Yeah. What I can say is they did a lot of things in this movie where they probably could have done away with a couple of them and had a more fulfilling, like you were talking about with gore. Like if they took out some of a little bit of something else, maybe we could have gotten more gore and that could have been good. Maybe if gore wasn't the villain and I wasn't so focused on trying to know him, I could have cared more about some of the other stuff they were trying to do in the movie. Like there was a lot of different things happening, um, which I think some of that is his the storytelling and some of that is marvel trying to accomplish certain things and like when you have that many big things in play it's you're gonna notice the things that are being uh kind of mushed together to make a whole like you on one hand you want to have the artistic vision of the director and the writer and on the other hand you have you know what 15 years of story built in in the bat in the past and then what 15 to 20 however i mean maybe they want to go forever movies that you're trying to make sure you can can tie something to later so it's uh it's not how do i want to say this because i don't want it to come off wrong and the shows are doing it too where you can kind of see where things aren't you can see the difference between the director and marvel yeah um and i i don't en- i'm starting to not enjoy that as much uh i'm starting to notice it too much i should say um, i think recently especially with multiverse of madness and even this you see more of the director's influence than you do with right the uh marvel's influence and that might be why i'm noticing it more because they are trying to let the directors do their thing but then you can tell when it's something happening that isn't the director doing their thing. 
than right. it's Marvel saying I need this in the movie. So sure. I think that 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 actually might be why. And again, I don't want to make it sound like I didn't like the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I laughed a lot. Um, I I'm, there was some stuff that was emotional that I wasn't expecting. Um, I think it tied up the story in a decent way before it got to the all right, Marvel. I need or all right, Taika, I need you to throw this in here real quick before it got to that. <laughs> um, the way it tied. <sighs> We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> the last thing I want to touch on in the non-spoilers specifically is the action. The way it was shot, I I loved it. Uh especially the the fights with Gore. Um the first one in I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. Well, in, in New Asgard. I don't think that's a spoiler. I mean, we know New Asgard exists. I mean, I ain't watch any of the trailers. So I don't know. So like the I mean, fight in New, Asgard. New Asgard in Infinity. I mean, in Endgame. Oh yeah, we know it exists. You're right. So there, there's a fight in New Asgard, and the way it was shot, like between the camera angles, the way Gore moved, like all of it was like it. It brought me into the character. It made me care about the character more, and like how big of a threat he is. And then the other, the the big big fight later. Um. Well, actually, there's a couple of them. Yeah. The second fight, uh, the way that with the color. Yeah. Like, oh man, it was it was again, it was beautiful. There's a lot to like in this movie. There's a there lot to a, like. In this there movie. was a fight scene in between those two that I loved a lot. Um, okay. Omnipotent City when they were fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, is that a, a spoiler? The use of is that a is that not a spoiler? I don't. I mean. It, you didn't watch it in the trailer, but it's in the trailer. It's in like the city they're in, Zeus, all of that is in the trailer. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was a good one as well. Uh that was a great scene, actually, just overall. I'll get more into the details why I liked it in the spoilers, but yeah. Like some of the gods that they show, like even the ones that are mentioned were awesome. I like I loved it. Like that's attention to detail type stuff. One one god, I was like, come on, yo, really? Like I think you know which one to talk about. We'll wait. We'll save it. We'll Come save on. It. Like, yeah, we're going to save it, but don't think too hard. Like, I was like, are y'all dead ass right now? Like, all right, come on. The like, Quetzalcoatl one was, I, I appreciated that touch. The what? Quetzalcoatl. That's the, the Mayan god, I believe. Um, From the Mexican situation, I think. Uh, that was the one with like the big headdress and all oh. that. Uh that was sitting like in front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like they mentioned he they, they mentioned Quetzalcoatl and they were like talking about going there. And then like you get the payoff of actually like seeing Quetzalcoatl there. So that was that was interesting. Um and there was another one they mentioned too that they showed. But anyway, like the whole idea of the city, the way that they showed all the different guys interacting and stuff, like in the way for whatever reason, these the 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 one they go to space type stuff, they're able to hit on bigger themes that if you think about it, is it's really deep. Like they're talking about gods and like all the different gods from different religions, and of course they throw in some space religions and stuff like that. So some of these gods are not gonna make a ton of sense, but um <clears throat> like when you think about how we how your faith is tested and 
you know, people, you know, something bad happens to you, like, God, why'd you let this happen type of stuff? And like, like they're addressing all that in this movie with these conversations with the gods, um, which is which is interesting. Uh, in my in my I, I'm, I haven't seen anybody talk about that much, but uh, I, I appreciated the idea. Now, they didn't go as deep into it as some might <laughs> have if you if you were paying attention to that line they didn't go as deep into it as some might have hoped because it is a marvel movie they're not trying to be that deep yeah they're not trying to have a theology class out here but uh again it's interesting that they touched on it in that way and the way again it's one of the main themes of the movie when you think about it so uh what's your overall rating so we can get to the spoilers um as far as your rating system goes, uh, go three and a half out of five stars. That's that's literally what I was gonna like off the dome. I'm gonna say three and a half. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, for my system, I want to say like seven out of ten, seven, yeah. seven and a half. But I don't like to go half, so I'll just yeah. go seven. Yeah, so I mean that adds up. And again, that could change when I like sit down to like break it down through my five criteria or whatever. But off the dome, three and a half out of five is safe. Yeah. That's the the Rotten Tomatoes approval mark. It's three and a half. Um, and I wouldn't want to like not approve it. Like, I, it, it's worth approving. It, it could yeah. be somewhere between three and a half and four for me at the end of the day. But right now, I'm gonna say three and a half. Let's get to these spoilers. And now, if you're listening on the Mavs Outsiders, you're not going to catch none of the spoilers over here. So you're going to have to jump over to Bibs Corner, the Bibs Corner podcast, everywhere you find your podcast to catch the rest of that. 